Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Welcome back to Sports Call on this Tuesday. Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, and Tom Peavy with you here. Again, a shortened edition of the show, so we'll be getting off there about 5 o'clock today. For now, we go to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, though, and we welcome on Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Justin, as always, the time is greatly appreciated. How are things in your world today? I'm doing all right. How are y'all? Doing very well. Let's start with some basketball before we get uh, into uh, a couple more football questions as uh, the Tigers had a, a special weekend in Bud Walton Arena. Uh, and just first and foremost, Justin, how did we go from one road game losing at Appalachian State, albeit a fair team, but at Appalachian State, to the largest win uh, by a visiting team in Bud Walton Arena history? Yeah, I think it shows how much the, the App State loss was kind of an outlier for Auburn this year. Um, you go back to that game, Auburn had a real chance to win despite like one of the worst shooting performances you're ever going to see from this team uh, in that game. And then, you know, really since then, they've they've played just phenomenal basketball. Um, this is a team that is just blowing out pretty much everybody they've faced. And, and, and Arkansas, like, Arkansas, anybody who was there, anybody who watched on, on Saturday, Midway through the second half, they kind of just gave up. You don't beat a team with Arkansas's talent by 32 in their own building without a little help from them. So, I think that's part of it. Like, don't don't get drawn into the to the you know point total too much. Uh, but Auburn's just playing with a ton of confidence right now, and I think that App State loss really was a reset for a lot of players. I think Auburn, you know, chalks up a lot of that loss to. You know, the fact that it was just a really bad shooting performance. It was an outlier of a shooting performance for them. And really since then, I mean, they have just been playing their brand of basketball as efficiently and as confidently as they can. And um, you, you pair that up against an Arkansas team that's got some issues and isn't really clicking at this point in the year. Uh, it could get out of, out of hand in a hurry, and it definitely did in this game. Uh, one of the things with this team that has been uh, discussed quite a bit is the depth and, and just what they have coming off the bench. But realistically, I mean, how many teams out there in the country can outscore somebody 46 to 9 off the bench? Not very many. Um, you know, Auburn leads the country among major coverage teams in bench minutes. Um, you know, and, and I think when you consider a guy like you know, Auburn starts Chris Moore at the three, and it's one of those, like, if it ain't broke, don't don't fix it kind of things. Chris Moore gives you is a tone setter with his rebounding, with his defense, his hustle. He's not a guy who's going to give you a lot of stats, and obviously Chad Baker-Mazzara is, is, you know, playing exceptional basketball right now. But Bruce likes to start him as a tone setter, and Chad ends up playing more, more minutes at the three. So, you know, you, you've got some bench guys that, depending on how the game goes, and we've seen this with Trey Donaldson, we've seen this – uh, a little bit uh, at times with, with Katie Johnson, you know, depending on how the game goes, your guys who are coming off the bench might end up playing more than the starters do. Um, so, I mean, this is a bench that plays pretty equally with the, with the starters. You know, you rarely get a guy who just gets a ton of minutes. I mean, your, 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 your best players on this team are averaging 25, 26, 27 minutes a game. So um, everybody's contributing and it really, really makes it tough for teams to guard you and, and, and have to deal with you for all 40 minutes because 
you know, one thing to keep an eye out, and we saw it in the Arkansas game, and we've seen it in so many games this year, but one of the one of the defining characteristics of this team uh, in the next time you watch Auburn basketball, you might want to take, take note of this. Watching the first half when Auburn goes to their bench and they get all the bench guys on the floor and notice how quickly they usually go on runs, because when Auburn goes to their bench, and the other teams going to their bench, it is, it's kind of lopsided because Auburn's just so used to doing it and they're doing it earlier and they're fresher and they're able to stagger their lineups a lot more. So to answer your question, I, there isn't very many you know, teams in the country, uh, especially major conference teams, that even want to play that way. And I think the big reason for it is because it's hard to tell a bunch of kids who are really good basketball players, hey, you're going to come in here and you, you're not going to play 30 minutes a night. You're not going to take every shot that you want. You're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to sacrifice a lot, and I think that just shows what kind of culture and what kind of identity Bruce Pearl has built, um, because he's got some really good basketball players who could be playing a lot more minutes somewhere else and scoring a lot more points in other places, really sacrificing and playing great team basketball, and the result is you know Auburn's one of the hottest teams in the country right now. Justin, you know, you look at this team, uh, it, it enters, enters conference play. You, you got the win at Arkansas this past weekend. You're, you're facing a Texas A&M team tonight. There's a lot of teams in this conference that can really score the basketball this year. Uh, talk about the, the Tigers' defense and how it stacks up against some of the better offensive teams in the SEC as we start play. Well, we came into the year talking about Auburn's defense, and Bruce Pearl was very concerned about his defense. He said, I don't know how we're going to be able to hold up this year uh, on defense, and I think a lot of that – I think a lot of that trepidation came from the young guys, especially a point guard, uh, with you know the fact that Aiden Holloway is a smaller, skinny point guard, uh, with the fact that Trey Donaldson is a guy that is a good defender, and Aiden Holloway is a good defender too, uh, but it's just not a lot of experience. And you know, a lot of SEC teams have just really deep, experienced backcourts. So um, those guys have done a really good job, and, and it's this kind of this defense that when you have that depth and that balance. Uh, you've got some real weapons across the floor. This is a team that, you know, they force turnovers. Uh, they can play zone. They can play man. Um, you know, they've they've done a really good job of uh, of blocking shots. But I wrote about it today. The observer. The biggest difference in this defense from years past under uh, under Auburn is that this Auburn team is defensive rebounding. You know, cleaning the glass way better than any other team Bruce Pearl's ever had. You know, that has been the Achilles heel. It's kind of been the weakness. Some of that's been by design over the years, a small ball team, you know, transition-based team. You're not going to be as great on the offensive or on the defensive glass because of that. This team, though, is really making sure that teams only go one and done on their possessions. You go back to the Arkansas game on Saturday, Arkansas's first six possessions were missed shots, defensive rebounds by Auburn. And that really stacks up over time. So this Auburn defense doesn't have – you know, a Walker Kessler, even though Janibran is a very good uh, rim protector. This Auburn defense doesn't have an Isaac Okoro or a Zep Jasper just kind of just super locked down backcourt defender either. But what they do have is they're a really good pack mentality kind of defensive rebounding team. And when you do some of everything really well and you really make the effort to be physical and, 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 and attack the glass, you can be a better defense because you're not giving the other team a lot of opportunities to score. Um, you know, by you, just the, the numbers will work out. Where that's going to you know really come into question is probably going to be tonight because Texas A&M is the number one offensive rebounding team in the country, and they're going to really challenge Auburn 
in that area, and that's gonna what that's what's gonna make this matchup really really fun. On top of the fact that also Texas A&M has a backcourt of Wade Taylor and Tyrese Radford, who are two of the most experienced and prolific scoring guards in in the SEC. They have given Auburn the blues the last few years, and even though they haven't been consistently great this season, like last you know last time out. I believe I think you know it was like only 53 points or something like that. A and M scored against LSU on sat uh, on Saturday at home. They have the ability to kind of light you up in any moment. So it's going to be a real big test. Even though Auburn's a good favorite, they're at home. They're playing really really well. A and M's kind of built to attack what what Auburn really needs to get attacked in. And it's I think this is going to be a really good test to see how far this team is. You know, here in game two. And Ferg, I'm sure that we've asked you something along this line in, in recent years as Auburn has continued to struggle with Texas A&M under Bruce Pearl and, of course, Buzz Williams in particular. Uh, is there anything in particular that Buzz Williams' team do that this don't match up well with Auburn teams? It's just why has this been such a one-sided affair despite Auburn as a program still probably being more successful over the last five or six years? I think A&M is pretty unique, um, and Bruce talked about this yesterday. A&M is pretty unique in, in the way they run some stuff. Um, they, they switch up their defenses really well. Um, they've got experience, continuity. Buzz Williams is a great coach, great X's and O's guy. He does a really good job of keeping you know the, the other guy on, on his toes with his calls. Um, and, and Bruce has said like he feels like, you know, he said yesterday he feels like that Buzz and might have outcoached him the last few times they've, they've crossed paths. Um, I think the other thing too is just it's a A and M basketball really is it's a super physical team, and and I think not to say Auburn has not played physical basketball over the last few years, but I do think A and M really tests you in that area, and if you aren't if you aren't matching them with that strength, especially down low and that power, and you're not really thumping with them, um, it can really get out of hand. You go back to last year, Auburn went A and M. Gave up a ton of free throws uh, in that game. I gave up a ton of free throws in the one here too. Um, they just weren't, you know, weren't able to physically hold up against A and M. And I think some of the teams from Auburn, even the really good teams for the last few years, haven't been able to quite hold up against that. I think this team is better built to handle it because of that depth, because of that balance, because of the way they're playing on the on the glass this year. I think they're better built to handle this particular A and M team than in years past. But that remains to be seen, and that's what that's going to be, you know, why it's a big test tonight. There's a reason why, you know, more than any other team in the SEC, A and M's had Auburn's number. This will be a good, you know, good opportunity tonight if Auburn's able to win to show that hey, this team might be further along than we thought it was. Talking to Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer today on Sports Call. So, Ferg, let's talk a little football real quick with Auburn. Obviously, two coordinators down now after the events of the last week. Let's start offensively. There's been some recent reporting that Hugh Freeze will uh, take over play calling duties. Uh, if so, what are your thoughts on that? And then what is Auburn looking for there in an offensive coordinator if Freeze is going to call plays? Yeah, not surprised at all that Hugh Freeze is, is leaning in that direction. It's been reported um, by a few places over the last few days. As soon as the Philip Montgomery firing was made official, I wrote about this last Friday in the Observer, I, I felt like this is where this was heading. Um, you know, Hugh Freeze made his bones as a college coach, uh, as an offensive play caller. And, and, you know, he took a step back from that last year because he felt like he needed to put more effort and energy and resources into recruiting. And while the recruiting worked for Auburn this year, you know, top set, you know, top ten class speaks for itself. What Free said after the game against uh, against Maryland, where he said he felt like he had done better for this team and he didn't do a good enough job as a coach, you know, with the 2023 team, 
biggest part of it is that he was not comfortable or he was not, he didn't feel like he was at his best because he wasn't doing what has made him the coach that's gotten him to this point. So it doesn't surprise me at all that, you know, freeze would be contemplating making that move. Now, is it a challenge to be a major sec head coach and be the offensive play caller? Absolutely. Um, that's the case, you know, I think in, in a variety of, a variety of, uh, you know, big name jobs across. And I think you'd even look in the NFL as well. You know, when head coaches are, you know, play callers and the, and the challenges that brings on. But I think it's a, I think it's a way of freeze of looking, freeze looking at this situation and saying, hey, we got to be better next year. I don't think anybody's going to sit here and say, hey, Auburn's going to go win a championship next season or contend for a championship. But they got to be much better than they were this year, this season, especially on the offensive side. And freeze putting his hands back on the offense. I think it's just going to be the best case for this team, just in the fact that your head coach is going to feel is most comfortable. And we'll see if it works or not. But, you know, I think your best bet of it working is if he feels like he's doing what he needs to do and what he's most comfortable with doing. And I thought, you know, the Gus Miles on air was a good example of that. When Gus was in control of the offense and calling his plays, it seemed like it was more consistent. Now, when things started kind of going sideways and, and he you know went off and on on play calling and all that, it kind of got jumbled up there. Um, so I think if you're a coach like Freeze, you need to get your hands back on play calling. You need to go ahead and do that. What that means for offensive coordinator, you know, I, I, I do think there's a really good chance that next season you, you see something like, uh, you know, a scenario where Ken Austin, who has already been on staff and has already been, you know, somebody who's been Freeze's offensive coordinator and quarterback coach in the past, just slide up into that role. Um, there have been other names that have been floated out there um, that would make sense, but that would probably – you know, cause some shuffling elsewhere on the staff uh, with other offensive position coaches. So, you know, I, I think I'd be surprised if Austin, if Ken Austin's not a guy who's going to be calling, you know, coaching your quarterbacks next season, whether Auburn brings in somebody else like a Derek Nix or, you know, I've heard people talk about Damian Craig and, you know, several others. If Auburn brings in somebody like that, you're probably looking at some shuffling around uh, on the offensive side. Uh, but I do think, the bottom line is is that Freeze is going to take responsibility for this offense next year. He 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 you know he looked at it at recruiting. He did a really good job in recruiting this year. Everybody knows that. But recruiting can only get you so far. You got to start showing you know some progress and and and, and some success on the field, especially on offense. And um, you know he, he's gonna he's gonna be able to take that on his shoulders when he's play calling next year. And then, Ferg, we did want to ask you real quickly about the defensive side of the ball, too. Was that a bit of a yeah. surprise for Ron Roberts to leave? And, and again, uh, is it a, a stylistic difference? Is there, Are they wanting a, a different defensive philosophy? Kind of what's the goal there? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not 100% sure what's going on here. I, I didn't think that, you know, I, I didn't think that Roberts was a guy that was, like, imminent to leave. I had heard, you know, from the last few weeks that there was a chance that he wouldn't be back, that Auburn would get another defense score there. I do think with the sign that they had hired Charles Kelly, and you know Charles Kelly's already been he's in Auburn already working, and they haven't announced him yet. I think that's kind of a sign that hey, well maybe they're waiting for some things to kind of shake out. So you know that probably could have been something you could have picked up on a little quicker. But you know I thought Ron Roberts thought he did a, a good job with what he had uh, this season. I thought this this you know there were some team there were some problems with the defense for sure, and they had their deficiencies and their mistakes, but. I thought he did a good job of what he had. And I was looking to see if, you know, maybe some continuity there would be helpful for Auburn next season on defense. But 
uh, you know, they're going in a different direction. So that's going to put a little more pressure on whoever's next to be that defense, uh, defensive coordinator. I think, you know, whoever that's going to be is going to inherit, you know, a secondary that's going to be in transition, a defensive line that needs to, to re- reload. You've got some linebackers you can build around for sure. Um, so there's talent here. There's something to build with, um, you know. So And, and I think uh, it's tough to, to replace both of your coordinators in one offseason, um, especially for a newer head coach, but it's not impossible. Um, I would have I would have thought we would have seen some more continuity you know, on the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, after this season, but um, they're going in a different direction. Roberts is going in a different direction, and uh, we'll see what Auburn ends up doing on that side. There have already been some names floated out there um that kind of you know are interesting to me um when it comes to maybe a defensive coordinator pickup you know um i've heard zach arnett's name um you know mentioned a few times i thought he was a phenomenal defensive coordinator before he was mississippi state's head coach um so it might be something like that uh you know or or, you know somebody else who has some some ties to freeze or auburn's past uh, so it'll be interesting to see what direction they go in. But whoever takes on this job is uh, is going to have their hands full for sure. He's Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer joining us today on Sports Call. Ferg, what can all of our listeners enjoy over at the Auburn Observer right now? Yeah, you can check out uh, my basketball preview uh, from earlier today. You can look at our roster tracker with everything going on uh, with Auburn, uh, the ins and outs uh, with, the, uh, with the transfer portal and whatnot. Uh, you've also got uh, plenty of stuff from over the weekend on basketball. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll have, we'll have coverage from tonight's game, um, you know, podcast later in the week, mailbag, all that good stuff. Go to AuburnObserver.com, sign up there, $6 a month or $60 a year to get on board. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer today on Sports Call. Again, Justin, as always, we certainly appreciate the time. We hope you have a great week, and we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Yep, appreciate it, man.